0: Good
1: afternoon and welcome. Today we're going to talk about the use of ads in political fights here in Ontario. What do they accomplish and who pays for them? I bet you can figure out the answer to that one. You've probably already seen or heard the government anti-carbon tax ad that is taking a lot of flack we'll get to that but we begin with a private ad campaign to push back against the ford government's plans to allow beer stores beer sales excuse me in convenience stores it stars canadian curler and beer store manager glenn howard have a listen
2: glenn howard here i'm a proud beer store manager one of 7,000 hardworking hard hard-working employees There's been a lot of talk lately about putting beer in the corner stores. So let's talk about the beer store. We keep prices down with our efficient distribution system. We check IDs, keeping beer out of the hands of miners. We take back and recycle 87% of beer containers sold in Ontario. And we love what we do. I'm proud to say when it comes to selling beer, the beer store does it the best.
1: Okay, and now we welcome Glenn Howard. Hi there, how are you? you. Um, can you hear me I can yes, okay. thank you excellent uh Glenn. why did you feel strongly enough to do these ads
2: well listen libby i've i've been a uh, an employee of uh, the beer store for over thirty eight years uh It's been a fantastic company. I think uh, we do great stuff uh as far as keeping, you know, we keep prices down uh, because of our, our efficient delivery system. We, uh, our environmental leadership is second to none. Uh, and when when there's a there's a, an opportunity now where you know, see if, if beer gets put into corner stores, that uh, you know, jeopardize might jeopardize uh, some of the jobs that we have. And I don't, I don't want to see. Uh, I just don't want to see that happen. And I, I just don't think. Uh, I just want to make sure that everybody understands where the who the beer story is, what we do, how good we are at it, and. Uh, you know, it, for for what reason? You know, I don't. I just don't want to see any job loss, and I, I just don't think it's necessary. Uh,
1: what do you say to people who say, "Well, uh, even if beer sales were liberalized, it's not going to lead to the loss of more than seven thousand jobs, which is the number that the beer store currently employs."
2: Well, yeah, I think obviously to lose seven thousand jobs, we we have to close down the beer store in in totally. And uh you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen if if beer takes off? Uh, you know, it goes into ten thousand convenience stores, and everybody wants to pay uh, pay extra price for beer and, and for that convenience, I guess. Uh, then then so be it. And then we you know if we have to start if we have to start closing beer stores or, or losing uh, you know our, our whole business model gets changed, then obviously uh, you know jobs get lost if. if yeah you know, that's the bottom line is, is if we we lose volume and and probably will with with uh you know the opening of uh, convenience stores then we're going to lose jobs less volume means less work, so jobs will be lost and that's uh, that's frustrating, especially when you know, there's there's the claims that pricing is going to be cheaper. Well, it's not going to be cheaper. It's going to be more expensive in convenience stores, and that's that's a given. So, you know, I just want to make sure that everybody understands that and, and uh, you know, it, they understand the fact that uh, what comes with making a move, something, you know, to that extent. Uh,
1: do you have any theory? Some people are, frankly, a bit mystified about why this seems to be such a big plank for the government liberalizing the sales. I mean, you know, they are private sector boosters and this is something of a monopoly
2: yeah you know Libby, i'm obviously i'm not a, i'm not a politician by any stretch uh, I, i'm i'm a curler and I'm a beer store manager and a proud one at that and I, I honestly don't know what the what the thinking is there uh yeah i just again i'm just out there to kind of make sure that everybody has the facts uh you know there's something else would be that they haven't touched on is, is the environmental issue we uh, you know we recycle 87% of you know stat that I had in my little spiel at the beginning there, 87% of, of uh, the products, you know, the cans and bottles that we sell come back. 100% of the packaging materials that we, we have is, is recycled in-house. Uh, you know, where, where are people going to bring back their bottles and cans uh, if they buy from the convenience store? If, you know, say they buy something at a convenience store, then they, they've got their empties. Well, they're going to have to bring them back to, I guess, us, which was great, but that's not that convenient. So, you know, these little things are not thinking about, um, you know, if, if, if the product gets into the blue boxes instead of coming back to the beer store, then the landfill sites, uh, increase with all those, uh, the recyclables and, uh, uh, you know, price costs go up for the communities. And, uh, little things like that, I don't think they're really, uh, they're really thinking about. And we do that all in-house. We, we get that all, all comes in, you know, we take all the, the uh, bottles, cans, Tetras, everything that comes from the LCBO. Anything sold at the LCBO comes back to the beer store. We take it back uh, and 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 bring it back to the recycler ourselves.
1: What do you say to people who point out, well, these are all unionized jobs, and the workers get paid a lot more than many other workers in the retail sector? Uh, what do you say to that? That uh, you know, some beer store employer employees are overpaid, in the opinion of some people. <laughs> yes, it's.
2: I don't, I don't, I really don't believe the, our industry is overpaid. Uh, you know, that's something, uh, I, I, I'm not privy to all the, the wage, the wages for the other, uh, uh, you know, other sort of retailers and there. And the thing is, that's not the issue here. It really, it really doesn't matter what, what anybody gets paid in my mind. It's all about the chance that, uh, you know, if, if they say it's going to be prices are, are going to be less and convenience stores selections are going to be greater, well, that's not the case. That's absolutely impossible that that can happen, especially selection. There's, there's no possible way that a, a convenience store can have the selection that I have at the beer store in Midland. Uh, not even not even close. So, you know, you, you just want to make sure the facts get out there. And as far as, you know, uh, wages, I don't think that really is an issue here.
1: Uh, I mean, everything is more expensive in a convenience store because people pay for convenience. I think that is a given
2: that's the exactly I, I think you nailed it so if that's if the thing the thing is though uh, you know, generally majority of the, the beer stores in our in our province are within minutes of, of a drive so I guess people want to be seconds to get, to get their beer I guess I I'm not sure like it, you ever know, wherever I've lived I haven't had to drive very far to uh, to get to a beer store and um, I guess again if, if it's uh, the world today that if you want to get your uh, get your your product within seconds of where you live maybe that's that's the case here but uh, you know, um, it is going to cost more. That is the bottom line. So if that's the case, if, if for convenience sake, and it's it's um, is what people want, then they're going to have to pay for it.
1: And uh, what do you think, uh, you know, people uh, are angry about the 10-year agreement that the beer store has that was made by the Liberal government. Have you encountered pushback about that?
2: Yeah, uh, again, uh, um, you know, our our, uh, our uh, executive uh, crew are, are dealing with that. Uh, I think right now, with, with regards to the government, I uh, I'm not privy to a lot of it. I know that there was an agreement made uh, called the Master Framework Agreement it was done, uh, I guess, uh, four years ago with the Liberal government. And why, how, who, I, I have no idea. I was just a, a simple beer store manager uh, selling beer and and uh, challenging miners, so to speak, and. Uh, so, you know, I, when it comes to that, I, you know, how that all developed and how that came about, I'm really not sure.
1: Okay, anything you'd like to add?
2: No, I just, uh, thanks very much for having me on. Um, I, I appreciate the fact uh, you know, we got a, a little, i say, and it's it's really all about uh, making sure the facts are out there and uh, uh, where the beer store is coming from and, uh, and really what we do.
1: Okay, Glenn Howard, thank you so much for your time.
2: Cheers. Thank you very
3: much,
1: Lily. Okay, we are going to get some full analysis on this. But first, let's take a call from Daniel in Toronto. Hi, Daniel.
3: Hi, thank you for the opportunity. Um, So I heard some points which are valid. But the premise of why liquor is going to cost more is because we have a monopolized distribution system in Ontario. What I mean by that is all beer, uh, the Beer Store Corporation is a distributor. All liquor and imported beer is also primarily distributed by the LCBO. So, for example, if I go to Quebec and I go to a Depaneur and I get a 2-4 of Heineken, it's costing me $30 as opposed to north of $50 in Ontario because there are several distributors of the product. Now, the other concern I have is is like I live in Halton Hills. There's only one beer store in Halton Hills. So come Friday night. The lineup is outside the door to pick up beer. Or on a good weekend, people are having barbecues. We're waiting north of an hour to buy beer. So really, the current architecture of the distributorship, the pricing, the exclusivity, and the monopolization, whether or not beer is going to come down in price in the variety store, I highly doubt it. But I think people are going to want to pay a premium for um availability and service and longer hours, I just personally wish it wasn't a monopolized distributor um, business model. But, you know, Doug Ford, he wants to generate revenue and he's not going to open up the supply chain to competing distributors in Ontario. So, um, yeah, so two, four, 12 packs, we're probably going to pay more, but at least we can get it when we want.
1: Okay. Daniel, you seem to know an awful lot about this. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you. You can
3: call me Norm Peterson the next time I call.
1: <laughs> All righty. Okay. We are going to bring in some analysis now. Uh, on the line, we have Bob Richardson, who is a liberal strategist and senior counsel to National Public Relations. And here with me, Mike Van Solen, who is a principal with Na- Navigator and a uh, conservative guy. Yeah. Thank Thank thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. Mike, uh, what's your take on this? Is this issue going to do the Ford government any good?
4: Yeah, I think it's a populist issue. Uh, I think that, uh, thank you, I think that people... People by and large want the convenience of being able to get access beer and more than just the beer store. Uh, many of us have had experiences of being in other provinces and uh, you know in other uh, states, and uh, you know that's fine. I think uh, and it worked well, and and so the the claims that it's more expensive, I think it will be more expensive in some places, but I also think it'll be cheaper in other places. I know that when I go to the Max Milk to get a tube of uh, toothpaste, uh, you know at the last minute, I'm paying a little bit more than if I had taken the time and and go to go to the Shoppers drug mart or a metro uh but for the convenience i want to do that because it's right around the corner and and uh, i expect the same uh economics will be at play for beer Uh, but adults in ontario want to be treated like adults and uh this uh, sort of Presbyterian, uh, you know, sort of uh, view of uh, sort of state control of these uh, operations, I think, is a thing of the past. I think Doug's uh, right to press forward, and um, I mean, we can get into it, but I, I think there's been a lot of uh, mistruths uh, uh, being sort of put out there, and which, which, if I was on the other side, that's exactly what I would do. I would, I would sort of try to defend, uh, defend the status quo. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of good reasons why, uh, why I think uh, we're ready as a province to move on.
1: Okay, let's bring in Bob Richardson. And Bob, it was the Liberals that made this exclusive 10-year deal, uh, which required $100 million in upgrades. And I guess that's why some people are saying it's going to cost up to $100 million to cancel this contract.
5: Well, one number one I thought it was a terrible deal. I thought it was a dumb deal and I thought the province did not do a great job on it. So if you're looking for a liberal to defend it, I'm not your guy. Um uh just uh, just off the top. But look, I think else uh, uh Brewers has generally served Ontario well in the past, but uh I I generally tend to agree with Mike. Uh, things have changed, and people's definition of convenience has changed. And also, the industry's changed. You know, 15, 20 years ago, all three of the major breweries were domestic. They're all foreign. They had lots of plants. Well, the and molsons have closed plants here. They used to spend significant money in the community. They spend significantly less today. So, you know, there is a cost, Um uh uh, there there was a cost benefit before to doing this the cost benefit analysis starts to become a lot more difficult when you take those sort of things uh in into uh into uh consideration. I think the beer industry wrestled the uh Ontario government to the ceiling um and I think that is a terrible deal for uh for consumers and for uh for Ontario taxpayers. Um they would likely have had to do uh, upgrades anyways. Um and it was just not a good deal. So uh on this one I think the province is right to have a look at things. I think um the the, the breweries uh, they still have a lot of jobs in Ontario, I think twenty-eight or thirty thousand. Um they're an important part of the economy, particularly you take a city like London as an example. So I think we've got to be cautious on what we do and we've gotta be fair to them because they have been good corporate citizens and continue to be good corporate citizens, but at the same time, People need some convenience, and the convenience is just not um, – their, their model just has not kept up with the
4: times. And I think that's a fair
5: analysis.
1: Mike uh, what do you say especially about that liberal agreement
4: Yeah well look it, it was uh it's unfortunate that they signed that agreement uh, they're really uh, you know uh, I agree with uh, Bob's characterization I think it was it was poorly done um they got uh, out negotiated very badly and it's tied sort of the province's hands but uh, I think the fear mongering about how much it would cost to get out of the deal. Um, look, we'll have to see what where the where the you know this current government gets. The reality is, I think that uh, it will be in their interest to come to to favorable commercial terms with the province. That. Uh, we're not going to be selling less beer in this province after this is done. We'll probably be selling more. It will be it will be uh, more available. Well, um, wait a
1: minute. Wait a minute. I saw a recent study that said that the consumption of beer is actually going down by quite a lot. I think by eight percent or something.
4: Yeah. No. I think there's a you know t- tastes are changing uh, for sure. But um, but I think overall the the, the we're going to be they're going to do well in this province with it when you have sort of more points of access more uh, a better retail sort of model that uh, customers are frankly asking for um and as far as the jobs uh, you know I just think it's it's more of a we have to be careful for the brewers and and that part um, but uh, as far as the retail jobs, it seems to me they just sort of move around uh, i mean i don't think anyone's contemplating the brewers retail disappearing uh, so the brewers retail exists uh continues to have some work. Uh, but as well, new retail outlets will have to staff up a little bit to deal with uh, deal with sort of the new market realities. Um, you know, I, I, I think it... And so so I, I believe that, you know, while these foreign entities may not make as much as retailers, I think they stand to make just as much as brewers. And that's their business at the end of the day. And we're not... Uh, it's not the province's responsibility to keep them in the retail game.
1: Mike, um, a lot of people kind of wonder, there seems to be a lot of focus on alcohol in this government. There's Buck of Beer, there's this, and people are wondering you know why is this a priority especially if it's going to cost us an arm and a leg to get out of this contract
4: well I, one I don't, i'm not sure it's going to cost us an arm and a leg so i think we have to see what the, what they negotiate uh yeah there's other things there's tailgating as well so uh you know right. i think it's a i think it's a government that feels that there is a sort of pent up demand in this province to do things differently to uh for adults to be treated like adults uh to allow them to drink a beer uh, before a football game if they want uh, to be able to buy a six pack at the corner store if they want. Uh, so and uh, and the, the buccaberry you know, I it shouldn't have been buckaberry. It should have been zero dollars. I don't think the government needs to be in a place of telling anybody uh, what's the minimum price they should sell their uh, they could sell their product for. Um, so uh, I think it's just general liberalization of 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 a business that has been coddled and um, and protected by successive governments for too long.
5: Bob,
1: your view on that.
5: Uh, I, I don't necessarily disagree with uh, with that. Uh, the problem with this government is uh, increasingly it is perceived as not a particularly serious government, uh, a serious government with a plan. It seems to be all over the map. Say what you want about Mike Harris. It was a serious government. They had a plan. They executed their plan, and they got reelected. These guys sort of chain. They're from pillar to post every week doing doing uh doing something different. They end up backing off on stuff. So it's not creating that environment where people are feeling that, you know, this is a government that you can take seriously. And I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why their public opinion polling numbers are weak. The Premier's approval numbers, quite frankly, are 15 points below almost any incumbent, uh, previous incumbent of the last five or six at this point in their mandate. These guys are actually doing a bunch of things that even I agree with, uh, but they're 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 just all over the map. They need to get more coherent, more focused, and and give people a sense that they have a plan. And they have failed to do that so far.
1: Do you agree with that, Mike? I mean, it was interesting that on this, which seems to be so central, mm-hmm. uh, they were notably and nobody wanted to talk about this from the government. I assure you.
4: Uh- Look, I think the government, uh, we're, we're not even in one year in. Uh, it does seem to me that the, uh, the honeymoon period that this government got was a lot shorter than most. And I, I do feel that uh, you know, uh, there's, uh, there's concern from different pockets of the media about what they're doing. So, so because, because some of their agenda is controversial, uh, we've, we've got a situation where uh, you know, people are certainly, certainly uh, pretty vocal in their opposition to what uh, the Ford government's doing. But uh, I think if you back up and sort of look at it, in some I think it's a government that's working hard to deliver on its agenda. Uh, I know if you talk to people close to the government, they're very committed to uh, uh, getting through all their campaign commitments. uh, You know, getting you know certainly before the two-year mark to be able to to show to Ontarians you know what they've done, um, how they've delivered against the campaign commitments they've made. and every government, look, when they come in, uh, when you, when you have a whole new cast of characters, um, th- there could be challenges in just learning how to govern. It's easy; it's different being in opposition than being in government. But I think on the whole, they're getting there and they're learning. Uh, they're learning the way, um, and certainly working hard to deliver against the commitments that they made to Ontarians.
1: Well, I've, I, this is, I think, the first time I've ever seen a government accused of moving too quickly <laughs> to, yeah, exactly. uh, to to make good, or in some cases, not so good on their campaign promises. Let's hear from Jim in Hanover. Hi, Jim.
6: Oh, hello. I just have a question. We have a granny store not too far from here and they sell groceries and booze and beer and liquor. But on a statutory holiday, they can't sell them. You can't buy beer or booze there. Um...
4: yeah, that, uh, I'm, I'm, that may well be the case. I, I think they, they can't be open when the beer store or liquor store or not. Just well, to, uh,
6: that's kind of stupid. There goes your inconvenience, doesn't yeah, it?
4: Yeah, well, I think this is, these are the type of antiquated laws that the government's trying to
6: look at. Yeah, and the second thing I'd just like to make, I remember back in the 1970s, uh, we had a contingency of uh, people come from Europe, and they're all meeting in a big hotel, big do with the government, and they were complaining because they couldn't get a drink after 1 o'clock in the morning. Now, these guys in Europe are a little way ahead of us. Their bars are open all the time. So they were mad, so they changed it. You now can buy booze in the hotel at 3 till 3 in the morning. And the thing in the paper was, and this is the reason I remembered it, it said, we didn't want them to think that Canada was prissy. Well, <laughs> as soon as they left, we went back to closing the bars in hotels at 1 o'clock. We are the prissy, prissiest country in the world.
1: Well, I don't know. Didn't we just uh, increase the hours?
4: I I seem to. My liver seems to recall that when I was in university, when uh, the age went from uh, or the time went from one to two. So, uh, but uh, you know, I think it's liberalizing those CERR rules and and leaving uh, adults to make uh, to make their own decisions is what uh, is where we need to be as a society. Okay, let's hear from Jim in Pickering.
1: Hi, Jim.
7: Hi, good morning, uh, Libby, or sorry, afternoon. I wanted to comment on this convenience. I mean, I'm just shaking my head. We used to have a bread man and a milk man, and some of them had a horse carriage. And we also had a beer truck went up and down the street. And that was delivering, not to me, but to my parents, my father. And so that was convenient. So we're not gonna go back to that. But the way currently, here in Pickering and in a lot of other places, I can buy beer and wine, extended hours, at the Metro store, at the No Frills, and at uh, Independent, which are part of the Loblaw thing, right? So, but the thing is, Libby, we this convenience. Now, if you buy your beer at those locations I just mentioned, you buy your beer there, but you have to return your empties to the beer store. So now you have to go to two locations. Or what do you do? Just stock them up in the garage? So why is why can people, I combine my trips, why can't people, if they know it's busy on a Friday, holiday, weekend, or something? just you know what? Just think about it and do it at a, a different time, you know?
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, thanks, Jim. thanks. This reminds me very much. I was living in Ottawa at the time when uh, the province uh, for the LCBO, for the wine bottles, said that they had to now be returned to uh, the beer store. And, and it just it drove me wild because, you know, what I was able to do, Previous to that, is I take the you know the wine balls, just put them in the recycling bin at the end of my street, and they would take and they would go into the recycling stream. And I I didn't get a deposit back for them, but I hadn't paid a deposit, and and the bottles, uh, and and the deep irony for me was, so now instead I had to put them in my car, drive to the beer store where they would all load them up, and then drive them. To the exact same recycling facility in Ottawa that would have got there without me driving it to the beer store if we just put it in our recycling bin. Just get rid of the deposits, put it in the recycling bin.
1: Good idea. Uh, We have to wrap up this topic, though we're going on to a related one. Bob, what would you like to leave us with?
5: Well, I think uh, I wish the government well on this. Uh, I think the beer companies need to be treated fairly. They've been good corporate citizens and, and will continue to be. But at the same time, I think people want more convenience uh, and uh, they want better hours and they want better distribution and they should get it.
1: Mike?
4: Yeah, look, I I'm really excited to see this process play out and I believe that uh the province can come to commercial terms with these uh different uh different entities. I believe they I agree with Bob, they've been good corporate citizens and I think they will continue to be when we get to a place with a new model and uh and Ontarians will will benefit uh with greater access and convenience at the end at the end of the day.
1: Okay, thank you so much, Bob Richardson, Senior Counsel to National Public Relations, and Mike Van Solen, Principal at Navigator.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.